Hi, we're back. And it's the Mayfair Theater Podcast, in case you yeah. don't, don't know what you clicked on. Because we never introduce ourselves or say what we are. And it's episode 20. <laughs> episode 20. Whoa, ding, ding, ding. It's our 20th anniversary. Is that a milestone? 20 weeks. 20, yeah. Well, what do we get? What's the 20th anniversary anniversary? We're like, we're like that annoying couple. Paper? like Paper? I don't know. <laughs> we're like that annoying couple that celebrates their like meaningless anniversaries. Every month? Yeah. It's our 20-week Every... anniversary, honey. And uh, what's the date today? It's June... Something? Third? Question mark. Third? Let's say the uh, third. Five, it is four, June three. June three. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. It is my grandpa's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Grandpa! <laughs> and uh, it's a nice day outside in Ottawa. It won't make up its mind. It was like freezing cold, and now it's hot again. I like this better personally. I had to walk here because someone stole my bike last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no! Oh man! We've had some bad. Yesterday was a. Some yesterday. Last, last week. Was a <laughs> We've had some bad uh, bike luck lately. One yeah. of our employees got her bike uh, vandalized. Her tube was vandalized. Somebody stole her tube. Yes, someone stole her tube. And took the time to take the tire off and take out the tube and take it away. Well, I've learned like it's so like I haven't been on a bicycle in like decades, and I finally got one, and I was getting into the groove of it. And I did a freelance gig at the War Museum last week, and walked outside after work, and the helmet was on the ground. My helmet was on the ground. And it's weird when something like that happens to you. Like, imagine if your car is stolen. You just, your brain turns off for a second, and you're like, why is my helmet on the ground? Oh, my bike's been stolen. And so I, like, Charlie Brown walked home with holding the helmet in my hand. They didn't even have the decency to take your helmet. Yeah, they're, un- they're not inside. They're thieves. They're unsafe. Unsafe thieves. <laughs> unsafe thieves. But someone who's a, a super-duper more biker than I had said, uh, bike locks aren't really... Um, a, sa- a, a, real thing. a real thing. Like, they're a little bit of a deterrent, but... but like passwords. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're, you're going to get stolen. If, if somebody wants to steal your bike, they're going to take it, unfortunately. They're monsters. Yeah. So I had to wa- I walked here today. I got to get a new bike. But uh, uh, before we get off topic, uh, right before we started rolling, I said I wanted to talk about... The power outage. The power outage last week. What a bad day. A couple weeks ago. I was out in Halifax... And I get a text from Mel saying, the power's out. Can we tweet that? Yeah. (laughs) And and, and that's like the social media world we're in, right? Like, you don't think, put a sign outside on the door. You're like, tell social media. But, like, I also just pretty much stood guard and told as many people as possible. We ruined a birthday, disappointed a bunch of kids. And then the power finally came on at, what, 7.30? After the first evening show Yeah, the power, I guess the power went out at, like, 2.30 2.30 and then came back on at 7.15 or something. And it was like a Saturday where we make money. Yeah. yeah. And we, we were able to squeeze in two movies. What was, was it a Rocky Horror Night? or uh, No, it was Maggie. We, we were able to oh, screen right, Maggie yeah. and Digging in the Marrow. Yeah. And it's weird because we everyone has power outages on occasion and it's annoying. But we were like one of 76 addresses or something like that. Like yeah. 70 something. And one of few. And where, where did the car... Impact. What did they it was hit? It's like right around the corner of uh, Siam Kitchen. Okay. Elmer yeah. Avenue. Yeah. Um, somewhere up there. Man. Not very far. You could see it from the intersection, kind of thing. But they were working very hard first to secure the area, make it safe so that nobody got electrocuted. Yeah. And then to actually fix the problem. Yeah. And it's weird because our friends at House of Targ, which is like a stone's throw across the street, 
they're not on the same grid as us, which is so weird. Yeah. Because I think their neighbors are. Like, I think... Um, I the think, Goodyear Auto Shop or whatever? Yeah, and WAG and, and those other things. So it's like, I think they're right on the border like of... WAG was open. Every, yeah. Like, um, Mud Oven. Yeah. WAG. Everybody in that block was open. Black Squirrel. Black Squirrel oh, was, so it was open. Just us. Eddie was open. Yeah. With his poutines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shoppers was Mr. open. Poutine. But um, somebody said... So it's either that they're on their own, like on on the on the wag grid, or yeah. they have their own generator because they've got prescriptions and stuff they can't afford to. Yeah. Have the temperature drop on. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I remember once, I might be remembering this wrong, but I thought it was for the room years ago. The power went out. Something something went out, and I was watching it, and it's just this weird feeling because you're watching the movie and it stops. And then all of a sudden, like, the backup light or whatever goes on. And you're kind of sitting there dumbfounded for a second. Yeah. And then I realize I'm, like, the, the person of the Mayfair on duty. And I'm like, uh, hang on. Let's figure out what this is. <laughs> and then we, everyone was very nice. I remember we just kind of gave out passes. And we're like, sorry, it might come back on in 10 minutes or two hours, hours or 10 yeah, hours. Well, so. the Ottawa Hydro estimate was pretty vague because they had no idea how long it would take them to get the work done they were also trying to get a second crew in to help out but it ended up being one crew working on it from like 8 30 in the morning when they first got the call yeah on to like 7 30 p.m so um I, we gave out popcorn to all the side kids <laughs> yeah. that came out and cleaned up and, and people showed up for the 6 30 show and we're like yeah we have no power yeah and yeah people laugh for some reason <laughs> that that's their reaction it's kind of like an awkward laugh I remember putting it on when it when it hit like Facebook and Twitter. It's always funny because, like, we're in we're still. I mean, it's not new now. Twitter and Facebook is years old, but it's this new reaction because before it would be people would come, people would see the sign. Now with with Twitter, it goes on Twitter and people like two seconds later go, "Oh, I really wanted to come see Maggie tonight. Oh, I got dinner plans." And so hopefully they get the good news as quick as the bad news hit yeah. them, and then they and then they could still come out. But, like, yeah, anything I'd have, I mean, especially for a business, you're just like, oh, it's just, it's just a killer feeling. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. It's like when, well, luckily our, our popcorn machine got fixed. Yeah. But, like, you know, everybody knows the, 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 that movie theaters don't really make a ton of money off of movie tickets. They make all their money off of Coke and popcorn and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think people are pretty, most people, you know, you whine and complain about it a bit, but are pretty understanding that, you know, that popcorn costs $5 because we're not getting any money off of that $100 million movie that you just watched and paid $10 to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so our popcorn machine was, a, a week ago, was broken. And, and it's just this feeling of like, oh my, like what are we the do? one thing we sell that we make money off of and we can't sell it and for the night. And it's happened several times. Yeah. yeah. And especially in our case where we're a single Single screen, single popcorn machine venture. It's not like we could like roll in another popcorn machine or something like that. Yeah, like, we can't really afford to. I think have our, our leading men. Yeah. Go MIA. Yeah. Well, that when when Orleans was open, that that happened. Oh, we man. were able to get I the was Orleans. Working in Orleans, yeah, we had two popcorn machines. One massive tank of a popcorn yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. And the one. little guy that is here now. Yeah. Because Orleans was like a mini multiplex. It had. It had, well, yeah. it had six rooms, but yeah. we were operating three screens. Right. Uh, working on opening the other guys. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, it's, so. You, you guys at least had a, a backup in case something went horribly wrong. Well, the wrong. setup for, was for a larger volume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I remember another thing that broke, and I'll never forget it because it we was... We can just make a list of things that have broken. Have broken, yeah. yeah was uh, back in the era when we were a little bit more 50-50 with film and digital, uh, when film was going out and digital was coming in, we had a new projector, but we were still showing a lot more 35 millimeter. We were showing... I don't know if it was for an anniversary or just because, but we were showing Caddyshack. And uh, the digital projector busted, uh, so we couldn't show That's Caddyshack. So terrifying. Because we didn't have it on film. We didn't have, you know... And, and there's nothing... You, like, the whole thing's broken, so... Um, but what was crazy about that night was that Harold Ramis died. Was that before or after? I think, like, the day before, maybe. Yeah. So it would have been the perfect coincidental, sad, happy screening to pay tribute to Harold Ramis, and our projector broke. Instead. So from a, a greedy point of view, it might have been a cash cow because it would have been <laughs> got people's attention, and, and Harold Ramis' name would have been in the paper and stuff like that. And then just from a, a loving movie nerd point of view, it would have been great to screen that movie. And we couldn't because the machine was broken. And I'm sure no matter what business you're in, like, like I have lots of friends who work in, in kitchens, chefs, and they've got stories like that where like a stove or an important piece of equipment or the fridge breaks, like, and you're just like, well, that's broken. And you just kind of have to wait to get it fixed or you close down for the night. So there, there's similar analogies to all kinds of stuff, but... Yeah, we, the, anytime when I'm watching a movie and there's like a hiccup, especially if it's a hiccup like within the movie, like purposefully they, there's no sound or, or some little screw up on the, the image, I just get this like one second heart attack. Of Even like, just the <laughs> other day there was a power surge. Oh yeah. And so, you know, everything, the lights dim in the lobby Yeah. and there's a huge pop in the theater and I think, oh my God, yeah. my brain always goes worst case scenario. Yeah. Obviously, something blew up in in like alternate universe Mel's worst case scenario world. Yeah, something blew up. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. So yeah. <laughs> I like it, like dial mark is right away before I even really get to take a look at what's going on. Yeah, and run up to the projection booth. That's like the immediate reaction. Uh, it was really weird. It just like resets the volume to really really quiet, and mm -hmm. um, the screen goes like all white noise for a minute. But yeah. then everything goes back to normal, and I just have to, you just have to turn the volume up. Yeah. But it's still, like, a huge panic anytime something goes wrong with projection. And even when I worked at Rito, I got to work with film, and it's just as much of a panic, oh, yeah. even though you know you can fix it and get it back on screen. Yeah. If, like, the power's not out. Well, but, there was um, one movie, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was, but our, our beloved projectionist, Matthew, was, was on the job, and... Like, I was coming to, like, the 9 o'clock show, and it was, like, the 7 o'clock show, so I just went up to say hello. And I walk in, and he's, like, up to his knees in film because something busted. Oh. And, and he, he was, told me about this And story. he was basically, like, keeping the show going and trying to, like, backpedal and fix everything. But you see that, and you remember, like, just, you know, do the math in your head of, like, 24 frames per second. Yeah. And, like, it's just miles and miles yeah. of film yeah. and when something like that happens and because it's a physical thing it you know when a digital thing breaks your computer breaks when a physical thing like film breaks the film goes it's flying all over the place find it, yeah but like it's still a bit of a mess yeah <laughs> and i think matthew again we were screening a 16 millimeter film and 16 millimeter film especially 
kind of retro stuff that's been beat up mm-hmm. is just a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And we were screening, I believe it was Andy Warhol's Frankenstein, and just you saw it just hanging on by its oh fingernails gosh. for oh, wait, 85 minutes. Was that minutes. my birthday? Yeah. Was that, yeah. That was a 35. It was 35, yeah. That was, fl- uh, yeah, Flush for Frankenstein. And we watched the whole movie, yeah. but it was just right at the end, I think, it fell apart. Like, yeah. But, so but, Matthew was gutsy. He was, oh, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he played stuff that didn't look like you could breathe on it. But it becomes this, like, edge of your seat because you're watching the movie and you can see it, like, almost coming off the rails. It's like and, a roller coaster. Yeah. It's an entire experience. And when it goes, it goes. And it either, like, burns and so you see that image kind of freeze and burn or mm-hmm. flies off the rails. or So back when I was in film school, same thing. Like, we, were, we learned sound editing on, like, both ways, kind of digital and old school. And analog. And, and the analog way, the thing is great about digital. If, if you're, you know, we were doing some kind of creepy, bad student film horror movie kind of stuff. But it's fun because you kind of, you take like a, 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 a frog voice and you take a car crash and you take a, a, a plane sound and you meld those all together and it makes a creepy noise. But when, you, but when you're doing that and on digital, if you screw up, you just, you know, undo, undo, Rewind. undo. Yeah. You do that analog, and all of a sudden, you're editing dialogue, and you're missing your character saying, I'm going to the store, and you can't find that, and you're, you're digging through, like, a, a, scraps. a, a scraps and bag, yeah. and it's just, you're spending hours going through and trying to look and listen, and, and it's just, like, every time like that, I'm like, yeah, I can see if you're a professional editor, you're like, yeah, the good old days were great, but, man, this is a lot easier nowadays. This is so much more efficient for yeah. my time. Yeah. Um, but so same with film, film and digital, where film is great, but man, it's a heart attack sometimes, especially if it's not a, a brand new print. Yeah. Not that digital is perfect. Digital no, has no. its Do you think, problems. I guess that sort of explains like shorter release dates now. Yeah. Because it takes them less time to produce the thing. Yeah, well, and it's like, back in the day, at least there was an excuse of not to give a theater the movie, because, and I'm just making up a number, but like say when like Harry Potter was released, and if it was released on... 500 screens in Canada it probably did really well for two or three weeks and then by the fourth or sixth week they'd say okay we're going down to 400 screens Mm -hmm. and then the second run theaters might get a shot at it but nowadays there's no such thing it's just making a hard drive of your your movie yeah so it's not like like when, when we hosted Crispin Glover Crispin comes with the physical 35 millimeter print in his suitcase which man talk about losing your luggage like if they lose that like that's he doesn't have a backup he's he's a a a, i'm sure well off and he's a successful character actor but he doesn't have money to go and print 50 copies of 35 millimeter film of his 90 minute movies so Yeah, so nowadays, like, it seems like the powers that be haven't gotten into the groove still, even though it's been, you know, year, a couple years or whatever, that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how many screens you're on. You could just make another one. And because... So that does help a bit because there has been... Case, like, look at our schedule in the last year, and sometimes you see we get stuff relatively fast. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because... Like we got Far From the Madden Crowd in its second week. Yeah. And it's still playing in, in some multiplexes. Yeah, I was looking at <clears throat> Box Office Mojo, and it was like... It's it, like number six or seven. Number six or yeah. seven. I didn't realize it was like... Good it for, sort of came out of nowhere, and I yeah. think Lee told me that he almost didn't book it, so I'm really glad that he did. Because it's doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like that kind of movie... Any like It's so funny. Like, like I've said it before, but I, I get mad when people are like, oh, Transformers 4. And I'm like, 
yeah, I don't want to go see Transformers 4 either. But so I didn't, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and there's so many other... And if you want to see Transformers 4, good on you. Go see it, have a good time, watch those robots hitting each other. But if you don't like that kind of movie, there's so much else out there. You just got to look. Whether you're watching at home or at a theater, it's all there. You it's just, like um, even, you know, in the era of the blockbuster yeah. video store, there was always like... The weird horror movies that you had never heard of. Oh, yeah. And, like, the weird stuff, you know, that you could find it, on the shelves. There's always something pe- out there. People who don't watch movies like we do, yeah. they want to stick with what's familiar to them. So they, you know, they don't really, yeah, you know, they don't... It, it, would, it would be like... Look for a lot of different stuff. Complaining about the state of books, but saying you only read... And not to throw... Twilight under the bus, but saying, like, you you only read Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey and say there's no good books out there. And you're like, well, no, there are. You just got to go look for them. Mm-hmm. And and I always look at repertory theaters and with us, like, uh, as an example of if you like, like, this week we're playing Kingsman, which is as mainstream as you can get. Like, it's, it's a superhero movie. It's got Samuel Jackson in it. it it's uh, made a lot of money. But then... We're also showing, like, Hunting Elephants, which is a... Uh, or coming up, we're showing Hunting Elephants, which is, like, a... Uh, it's from Israel, Israeli heist film. Starring Patrick Stewart. Starring Patrick Stewart. I don't know how Patrick Stewart got into this movie. The role originally intended for somebody else, from what I read. I forget who. And I saw the trailer, and the trailer's, like, with, with subtitles. So it's, it's Israeli with subtitles. Mm-hmm. But I guess in the context of the movie, Patrick Stewart is a, a British... I don't know. I, th- I think he, he's... He's like the only English-speaking yeah, so person in the I'm film. I'm sure in the context of the movie, he's there for a reason. But it's funny because you look at the poster and it's it's all Israeli actors and director and stuff. And Patrick Stewart. Yeah. yeah so well, the there story, is a long-lost uncle involved, so I yeah. wonder if that's him. Yeah. It, the story is, in Jerusalem, a bullied teen befriends his grandfather and long-lost uncle, and soon they decide to solve their financial problems by robbing a bank. So the kid's dad dies. Yeah. So it's like a... It's like a, a I don't know if dark comedy, but like a, a comedic heist film. Uh, but it's cool. But, but again, it's like when you hear an Israeli comedic heist film featuring Patrick Stewart. And I love Israeli comedic Oh, heist I love Me films. too. <laughs> if there's oh, one genre I he, like. Here it is. Uh, according to IMDb, Patrick Stewart replaces John Cleese. Whoa. Who nice. became unavailable due to medical reasons. I want to see that movie too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so, so now if we're on the topic of stuff coming up uh, starting June 5th. So Hunting Elephants is one, uh, and I rate an Israeli heist movie. Uh, we have The Water Diviner, which is um, directed by Russell Crowe. Also starring him. Starring Russell Crowe. I forget if it's a true story, but it's a World War... It's based wo- on a book. I based know on that. a book. Books are real, right? That means it's a true story. <laughs> but it, it's a... Uh, um, the Battle of Gallipoli. Gallip- oh, that was a Mel Gibson movie? Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. And a real battle. And a real battle. <laughs> yes, that too. So but, I don't know if it's like... Pointedly based on a true story, but right. you know, involves real life events. But it's kind of one of those like epic drama award nominated. It won Australian Oscars, I believe. Yeah, it won a bunch of Australian. So what? It won a bunch of awards on home turf, um, and I just forgot the gentleman's name. But the cinematographer was the Oscar-winning cinematographer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy Ooh. and Babe, and he sadly passed away recently. So this is his last work. Oh. But he did... Um, he, he, he was Peter Jackson's right-hand man for all three Lord of the Rings, all three Hobbitses, 
and he did both Babe films, and he won an Oscar for one of the Lord of the Rings. So if he worked on Babe, I wonder if he was involved with any of the original Mad Max films. Yeah, I don't know, and it's and he wasn't like a super old guy. Like I think he was like in his in his fifties. So it's Andrew Lesney. Andrew Lesney, yes. Yeah, uh, he was only fifty nine. He died on April twenty seventh. Yeah, he was young. Yeah. And uh, let's see, yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, uh, shot some Hollywood stuff. Oh, he did King Kong with uh, with um, Peter Jackson as well. Yeah. Oh, he shot a movie called Dark Age, which I haven't seen, but it's a killer crocodile movie. Oh, or cool. Or killer, yeah. Um, from, you know that documentary uh, um, about Aussie exploitation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Too Hollywood? They, they mentioned that documentary. So it's like a... Uh, Crocodile Dundee, but more exploitative? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Like, kind of like a, a Jaws ripoff. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so Water Diviner has an uh, Oscar-winning actor, Oscar-winning cinematographer, uh, and, it, and it looks like one of those, uh, for, for a backhanded compliment, kind of an Oscar-bait type of movie with a, a big dramatic historical event and uh, pretty cinematography and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, Looks and, good. Yeah, and then also this week we have and and that White was God. If, God. if you're wondering yeah. what that noise was oh, that in noise, the background, yes. that was the uh, heating person. Yeah, air conditioning person. Well, I guess we guy. yeah we our air conditioning person. That's Mel multitasking. Our HVAC. We're doing a podcast and Mel's doing work as well. And there was the noise. La- there was noise in the on the podcast last week, and that was the popcorn machine being. Yeah, fixed. there you go. See, so it really is behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah White God, which. Looks, looks really awesome. good. Oh my god! I, am, am I gonna just cry for yeah. two hours? <laughs> just now, like, is this a horror movie or a drama? Well, it's dramatic thriller. Is the plot? I, I always try to avoid too many trailers and stuff. But somebody said, and I don't know if this is correct, but it's almost like a a zombie film or a post apocalyptic film, but with dogs. I've read a couple of reviews. Like, sort of along those lines, basically the dad, like, drops the dog off in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Because some sort of immigration laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't, he can't afford the paperwork. They need to move or something. Yeah. Um, and the girl finds out. And then I guess it's sort of like, it sounds like it might be, like, her part, her imagination trying to deal with the situation. Okay. Where, like, the dogs take over the world. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of like jilted dogs, or it's, it's Planet of the Apes with dogs. Basically, it's Planet of the Apes with dogs. That, well, but I don't know, you know. Yeah, but it looks man, it looks good. Like for, I, I have seen a little bit of the trailer stuff, and just like it one. Here's the funny thing: but is just for the scenes of like one million dogs running yeah. together alone. It won two awards at the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. one of which was a special award for the dog actors. So they gave yeah. they gave a, <laughs> the they, they gave a dog award out at Cannes. So so best like, supporting canine. Yeah, and, and and there's like these like hokey photos of like the dog wearing like a wearing like a bow tie with like the Cannes award in front of him. But I guess like the the, the they used real dogs. Like there's, I don't I don't know if there is some CG in it, but they used like a lot of real dogs. And so and they said it's like just the From dog the dog acting I'm, is very impressive. Yeah, the dog trainer must be the best in the world, kind of thing. Oh man, but I'm I'm hesitant. To, any dog. I mean, if you watch like a, a Disneyfied dog movie like Homeward Bound or something, oh that makes me cry. So if I'm going to watch some movie, if anything bad happens to any of these dogs, oh, it's. But it, of course, in real life, it's all like above the board. Like, noted the dogs were hurt. I read an article about it because yeah. that's the first thing people assume. They're like, oh no, what did you do to these dogs? But it's all it's all movie magic. If if anything, but 
this is a movie that we only, we only have it squeezed in for two, two days. Nights, yeah. Monday, Monday, June 8th at 9, and Tuesday, June 9th at 9. And it was, it was a horribly, or not horribly, a in, intensely requested movie from our Mayfair folks, and so our, our patrons. So I'm glad we got to squeeze that in. And, and it's always like, I can't speak, never say never, but maybe we'll, we'll be able to bring it back again. We, we did that with It Follows. We managed to bring it back again a little while after its initial run. But, yeah. So we'll see. But, but do come out and see it Monday or Tuesday, just in case that is the only two days we get to squeeze it in. Um, and I think one of the days, to segue, one of the days we only have it for two nights. One of the reasons we have it only for two nights is because we have the original Alien screening on Wednesday and Thursday at 845. Did we talk about Dark Star yet? I don't think so. So we're screening Alien because of Dark Star, which is a... Not the John Carpenter sci-fi movie. No. It's Dark Star, H.R. Giger. Giger's World. World. And in German, I guess it's Welt. Welt, yeah. Now I know some German. Which doesn't sound very... It's <laughs> no, a, his it Welt. Like it's a documentary about he has welts Ew. on his butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Devers. If you've never seen an interview or anything with H.R. Giger, he is an eccentric recluse weird artist to beat them all like he's he's kind of a weird looking fellow with a heavy no longer no longer alive no longer alive he died a couple years ago shortly after the filming of the documentary i think so yeah and he's he created this alien world so when you see the alien uh he's got you know you can look online and see hundreds of his drawings and they're all kind of like skull-based and, and exoskeleton. Like and living walls. Yeah. And then, and then the documentary, you see his house, and that's what he lived in. Like, it looks <laughs> like he lived in a, a, a cave. A museum of his art. Yeah. And so he famously kind of created the, the xenomorph alien, which most people, even myself, just kind of call the alien the way you call it, like, Frankenstein's monster is Frankenstein. Yeah. So... Well, we always love when we get to play an alien film because you get to look up in our in our right balcony and see a giant six foot tall xenomorph standing there overseeing the. You got to, uh, you get to watch it with one of the stars. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so he won. He and a, not he specifically, but I guess the effects crew won the award for Alien back in nineteen seventy nine. So he's an Oscar winning designer. Uh, and they used his design in a few other movies. Um, in the 90s, there was one called Species, which is not yeah. uh, a shadow of the movie that Alien is. But Also, uh, the unmade Jodorowsky's Dune. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was designing, uh, he was doing like the art direction for that. And I could never take him seriously now because amongst the podcasts I listen to on uh, Doug Love's movies, sometimes they have, quote-unquote, H.R. Giger as one of their uh, contestants. And it's... If I remember correctly, it's a comedian named Paul F. Tompkins playing H.R. Giger doing this like trivia contest. Oh, no. And it's very funny. Doesn't he do Venner Herzog as he well? Does. He does. He does Herzog, and it's just, and they have another comedian who does Mark Wahlberg. And yeah, just, I've heard that. They're, they're so funny <laughs> that it is, has kind of ruined Mark Wahlberg for me forever. Because in the context of Doug Love's movies, he plays a entourage kind of Mark Wahlberg who. Uh, his brother Donnie from New Kids on the Block is like waiting in the car, yeah. and he's always talking <laughs> down about his brother, and he's always like saying like We're filming Transformers Six. We just skipped in Part Five. It was so good, you know. And he's just like, <laughs> like really dumbs it up. And I'm like, Oh my god, I can never. And I, the first movie I saw after becoming a fan of of the podcast world was The Gambler, 
and it really did like taint it for me because it was like all I could picture was him with Donnie waiting in the car and <laughs> him, him not getting that like Ted was a fictional teddy bear and all this kind of stuff. So, so yeah, so it'd be interesting to watch Giger now after having listened to fake Giger be a game show contestant. Um, but yeah, so we have this and we've been kind of on a good run of showing kind of behind the scenes movie documentaries lately. Yeah. Um, Lost Souls was, was heartbreaking, but great about the behind the scenes of the nineties, uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so now with, with, uh, with Giger's world, um, we have, uh, an excuse to show Alien, which is many people's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> uh, and it is the quote unquote director's, director's cut. cut, but not really the director's it's cut. Also, uh, the best feminist movie. Oh my god! Yeah, that came before Mad Max. Yeah, and, and I maybe I hope that might get us a bit more attention. Best action movie. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's like everybody who loves Charlize Theron in Mad Max, remember that. Come watch the Grenier. Yeah, movie. Ripley was the cornerstone of the uh, the feminist action hero in the seventies and eighties, and uh, it's funny. Like it's not sometimes when I'm when I'm posting stuff on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, I'm sure Andrew has the same thing. Sometimes you, you got to look around to find a good review. Uh, and reviews are just reviews. Like I, I, or, I, or find a review period. A review yeah. period, yeah. And there's been movies that have had bad reviews and I've come to see here and been like, well, that was good. I don't know why nobody liked that. But with Alien, you do not have that problem. Like no. you, you look up Rotten Tomatoes or you just type it into IMDb or whatever. And like everybody is like, five stars, five stars. Like, this. Yeah, and, and even, the, I put a quote on today, somebody was talking specifically about the director's cut and was basically, I'm paraphrasing, but said like, if you've never seen Alien on the big screen, you have to see Alien on the big screen. And if you have seen it on the big screen, but it's been a while, come see it again because you'll see things you haven't seen before. Yeah. And uh, so, so my dream is that we do really well with Alien and then we have an excuse to bring in Aliens because the... Uh, I love Aliens, and it's it's such a different movie. Uh, it's much more kind of guns a blaze in action, where the first one is more kind of sneaking around in the dark and something jumping out at you. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it, imagine when it came out in 1979. Like, you don't know yeah. what you're in for. Yeah. And plus, like, Sigourney wasn't a superstar. No. Nobody in that movie really uh, who, was. Who would have been the biggest star in that movie at the time? Maybe, like, Tom Skerritt? I guess Tom Skerritt. But even I Tom think Skerritt, he might have been first build. I think he was first build, and I think everybody, like, John Hurt and... John Hurt and, John and Tom Skerritt probably were the biggest uh, yeah. names. But even them at the time, everyone was kind of character actors. It wasn't mm-hmm. like... There, there wasn't, like, a Paul it's Newman an ensemble, movie. It's a real ensemble movie. There's no... Like, even, even Sigourney Weaver, it's not like she's the main character. No. It's very much, they're all a crew. You don't really know who... Well, I guess you know Tom Skerritt's the captain, but you know, yeah, you don't know who's going to survive in the end. And what I like is, unlike a lot of future sci-fi movies, is it's really ugly. Like the ships are big mm. and blocky, the computers aren't perfect. Um, you know, they're they're not flying around in like X-wing fighters or anything. And I'm like, if we do go further out into space, I think that's what it's going to look like. Like big and cumbersome and kind of boring, and they're going to look like like freighter ships. You know, like. And, and that's what I was like about Aliens. They're, they're real, like coal miners. Coal miners, they're, yeah. They're all like grumpy, kind of mercenary yeah. miners. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're all not, like... They're not space heroes. Yeah, and they're all hanging out in the cafeteria and grumbling about each other. Yeah. And it's just like, they're, they're doing a job. Like, they're doing like a, a nine-to-five, or like a nine-to-five kind of job yeah. instead of doing something... They're, they're, not search, they're not searching the galaxy like Star Trek looking for new 
life and civilizations and bold adventures. Mm-hmm. They're just there's no like wonderment. Yeah, it's kind of like the thing. It's like a blue yeah. collar horror sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that this week. I, I hope we get a good crowd out for that. It's a must on the big screen. Yes. You know, even if you've seen it on your tablet or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta so, see it on the big screen. Speaking and, of uh, seeing things you haven't seen before, we're uh-huh. doing Doors Open Ottawa this Sunday. Oh, yeah. From 10 to 4. Which, so oh, if you did you say Saturday? Sunday. 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 So, Sunday. so what's that? <laughs> Sunday, June... June... 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, June 7th, 2015. Um, Doors Open is interesting because it's all over the city and it's like quite popular people and it's whether it be churches or cool old houses or fire stations embassies so when we've done it a couple years and at first glance third year yeah like at first glance you might think like oh people can come here anytime why would they want to come to see this and we're pretty friendly if you want to take a look around (laughs) and it's between movies we'll totally let you do that yeah But but it's been it's been like people lined up around the block to come and check out the projection booth and stuff like that. Yeah. And people love the projection booth. And we kind of, we put up a few little signs like, like this stained glass window is this and this door is that and whatever. Yeah. But we kind of took shifts, like we tag team off in the projection booth. And there was always like, at fir- the There's first always a year, lineup. Yeah, the first year we didn't know what we were doing. So we're just like, yeah, come in. And then there'd be like 60 people shoved up in there. We're like, okay, let's, you know, we'll do this, this 10 is, at a time. Yeah, we or, need to be able to move. Yeah. But people just were really into Because people, the same way that I don't know anything, like, I mean, if I was at a, you know, an airport, I don't know anything about the behind the scenes of how to fly a plane. Yeah. And so, you know, a, 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 a steward or a stewardess or a pilot might just be like, oh, this is our day. But here, people are really interested in seeing... And people, a lot of people have no concept. They don't know whether we're showing a DVD or film or how that magic works or, or DCP. So that we are in this, this interesting minority where we didn't have to throw out our 35-millimeter projectors. Yeah. Because a lot of theaters had to make the choice and only had so much room and had to throw out the 35-millimeter projectors to put in the DCP projectors. Yeah. We luckily have enough portholes to house... Everything. All of the projectors that we have. <laughs> yeah, so we can go up there and kind of kind of uh, make our way through and kind of... And I always tell people, like, I don't have, like, a history book in front of me, but I give you the broad strokes of, like, when the theater was opened and what this projector is and how this works and it's what like, the new one does. It's like bring your neighbor to work day. Yeah. <laughs> Come in and ask all your questions. And then hopefully we'll sell a couple of bags of popcorn or, or movie... Memberships. Memberships yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> and I guess we were talking about putting something on the big screen while... People are walking through like trailers, or uh, we always have like a little pre-show slideshow with advertising and coming soon posters. But try to figure out put like some trailers going so people can see that in action as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm fascinated how it. It's almost like the Great Leap Garage Sale, where it's like, how does this exist every year? Yeah. Like, hasn't everyone gotten rid of all their junk? And doors open <laughs> in Ottawa, same thing. Like you think like, oh, everybody has seen all the stuff, but maybe. People don't hit everything every year, or there's... Man, I'd want to see everything every single time. I got to go into... On Somerset Street, there's an apartment building called the Blackburn. Yeah. I got to go inside there. Oh, yeah. And, like, the front entrance is an atrium. There's windows on the ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's awesome. If I could see that every day, I would stop by every day. Well, it's, (laughs) it's like, every city, but Ottawa... uh, Every city has sadly, you know, destroyed dozens of movie theaters, hundreds of movie theaters yeah. in the past few years. 
And I like I just happened to put I just I stumbled on a, a cool picture of, of uh, the Jaws premiere back four years ago. Mm-hmm, I saw that. And it's it's a lineup like three blocks long, and it's in New York City. And then somebody said, "Oh, what what theater is that?" So I just kind of Googled the image again and found it. And I forget the name of the theater, but it sadly is not in existence anymore. Yeah. And now it's like a Donald Trump sky rise or something. So it's not just Ottawa; it's like New York City. It's like it's like so many cities. Everything's have, becoming gentrified, and yeah. condo every condos are going everywhere. Yeah, and so so it's like when when you have a old timey movie theater, it's so like I, I really become endeared with a city anytime I see that it has an old timey movie theater. <laughs> uh, a few years back, I was on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. We were we were going to see the the Night of the Living Dead graveyard where George Romero shot Night of the Living Dead back mm, in the sixties nice. in Evans City. Evans. Evans City, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. And so, like, I was there for roller derby. So roller derby was happening in Pittsburgh. And this was, if I remember correctly, like, not too far, like, an hour outside of Pittsburgh. And so in between the two was this just, I got to look up what this town was called, but it was this lovely little, little town that had everything you wanted. Like, there was no, no McDonald's. There was an actual Greasy Spoon Diner. There was an actual city hall and a post office and, and, and just everything. It looked like, you know, American Graffiti. It was just, and they had a little movie theater like maybe half the size of the Mayfair that had a marquee and they were showing the current films of the time. Amazing. And I was like, man, if, if like that would be the perfect town to for me to live in where it's just like you still have all your stuff. You're not too far from a big city. You can still go to Pittsburgh to, you know, if you're into sports or to see some concert that's coming through or whatever. But you still have a, a little movie theater because you go through a lot of these towns and sadly they're... I was just in Halifax last week and we went through a small town and saw like the the leftover of a movie theater where once upon a time a little community could could support that and just now it doesn't work out i guess but yeah all that to say we're really feeling this important lately oh yeah oh it's so good everybody's so nice and yeah one of our regulars remarked that um well because far from the madden crowd has played at the multiplexes yeah um but he said that you know he was really glad to see that we had a really good turnout for it yeah on Friday, Saturday, and, you know, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and like, we just put it, like, th- there has been so many premieres or coming <laughs> soons of interest <laughs> upcoming, I just can't keep up. Like, the other day, I, I think I spent about, like, eight or nine hours at home uh, mocking up the posters, putting it on Twitter, putting, you know, just, like, and then I stopped, and then, like, we booked um, a new Michael Fassbender <laughs> yeah. Western, so I did that this morning, but it's just, like, you look at I think there's one day coming up. I believe it's June 26th. We have three premieres. Awesome. And it's it's the Big Bird documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other one? Of, of Face of an Face Angel. Of an angel. And seven minutes. So I presume it's going to be like Big Bird at four. You know, yeah, fa- Face of an Angel at seven. Of... <laughs> and seven minutes at nine. But just stuff like that, and, and just like the diversity of stuff we have coming up from like art house to action movie to documentary, and we announced the next round of Saturday morning cartoons uh, coming up on June 27th. Mm-hmm. And just, that's always so nice because people are very excited about that. And there's always somebody who hasn't heard about it before. And I'm like, yeah. this is like, whatever, the sixth one that we've done. And, and mm-hmm. like, you're, you're on the Mayfair Twitter and Facebook and you haven't heard about this before. Like, it's all people talk. The, the it's always been, you know, gangbusters. It's been busy, yeah. yeah. Not a sellout. But no. pretty close every single time. It's always been like two, at least 200 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, Minimum. And just fun. Like, it's just like, I always laugh because we say, like, wear your pajamas. And, and if you did the math, it's probably like, 
75% of adults are in pajamas and 40% of kids. Like, yeah. there's more adults interested in coming and wearing pajamas than the kids. The kids are like, I don't want to wear my pajamas outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's another, we have that special event coming up. We have, God, like, the, the list is, I know we have. So oh, we're playing Alien on the 10th and 11th, which were the original dates for Cook Cobain. Yes. Yeah, we changed the day, I was confused about that the day of the schedule. I'm like, where's Kurt Cobain? Yeah, and and one guy caught it before I had a chance to put anything, before I had a chance to mock up the poster because I was working elsewhere. But so that happens on occasion. So the bad news is you have to wait an extra couple of days. The good news is we're able to squeeze in a third day. We have three dates instead of two. So yeah. hopefully that will accommodate everybody. June 14th, 17th, and 18th. Yeah. This, it looks really, uh, really interesting. Yeah. It's like a really, it's like an epic. The epic tale of Kurt Cobain's life and career. Yeah. And then it's funny. So on the same dates, we're going to be having a back-to-back documentary because we'll also have the Live from New York, the Saturday Night Live documentary. And I haven't watched Saturday Night Live forever. Me neither, and I grew up watching it. Yeah. But I think there's an interesting thing where people always hate Saturday Night Live once their their guys leave. Mm-hmm. And they say, that's the thing. It's like, if you were in the 70s, you hate the Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live. If you were in... Like, I wish that my 70s had been... Or, sorry, the, my yeah. Saturday Night Live had been the 70s. Yeah. Because, like, my Saturday Night Live was... God, who was it? It was, like, it was like Mike... It was Wayne's World. It was, yeah. like, it was like Wayne's 90s. World, 90s. It was, uh, you know, a young Adam Sandler and, and uh, David Chris Spade. Rock. Chris Rock. Phil Chris, Hartman. Yeah, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman was probably... Oh, yeah. So, so oh, the, that broke my heart. Oh, God, it was, it's horrible. It's, but, I mean, he was, he was probably my favorite. Yeah. Like, in the history, he was probably the most talented, like, yeah. performer. And somebody who, if was still around, would be continuing to do not only Simpsons. You forget how much Simpsons mm-hmm. we've missed because of him not being there. Mm-hmm. But he would be doing character actor stuff. He'd be probably doing drama. He'd be doing all kinds of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think it's interesting because Saturday Night Live, it's a very backhanded compliment. But I think Saturday Night Live works best as a best-of clip show. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at a video store, we would watch... The best of Adam Sandler, the best of Chris Rock, the the best of um, of uh, Mike Myers, and in you so you take like a seven year career and whittle it down to ninety minutes, and with that's the, the, that's with, the best way to watch Saturday Night Live. With all the crap cut out. Yeah, and so I think like a documentary like Live from New York is the same thing. It'll have well, all the best stuff. This documentary, apparently, the angle of it is that it's how it how it affected popular culture. Not it's right. not about it's not about the comedy so much as how you know. They made fun of Sarah Palin, and then Sarah Palin comes on the show, and it's like the yeah. political involvement and everything. Yeah, I think it's like there's a line in the trailer, and I think it's Lauren Michaels, and he says, he says, you don't go on because you're ready, you go on because it's 11:30. The way they put that show together is insane. And I'm like, that's not a good tagline. It's <laughs> very, <laughs> it's very like, haphazard how they do that show. It's like I don't know how they do it. And 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 it makes some kinetic. It sounds like having Tommy Wiseau at the Mayfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because you look at other, like, you look at, you know, Kids in the Hall is pre-recorded. Monty Python, pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, SCTV? SCTV, pre-recorded. So Saturday Night Live, for 40 years, has been doing this, like, 90-minute show, of which, like, I think statistically, in a 90-minute show, you get, like, one great sketch if you're lucky, the news, which is always decent, and, like, a good musical act. Mm-hmm. And Louis C.K. pointed it out on their anniversary special, the best parts of Saturday Night Live are always their... Videos, yeah, 
And so they're like, because you know why? <laughs> because they had time to learn their lines, exactly, and, yeah. uh, rehearse it, yeah, and it's cut together. And then, yeah, like whereas you know the the sketches are, are you know a little more stilted, yeah, thrown together. I always think not to discount that. improv, like yeah, there's there, some you know, but I agree at the same time. There's just something, but yeah, so. So having said that, I always like documentaries like this about Saturday Night Live because it's, it's a fascinating thing that this show's been on for 40 years and the amount of talent that's come out of it, uh, whether, you know, ranging from Bill Murray to Will Ferrell mm-hmm. to, you know, Kristen Wiig. Like, it's nuts, the talent that's there, come out of there's it. There's a, a National Lampoon documentary. I don't know if we'll get it. Oh, I yeah. hope we get it, but it's about the history of, of National Lampoon magazine and radio and all that's pre-Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, like Chevy Chase and... Bill Murray and John Belushi were involved in that, so hopefully yeah. we can get our hands on that documentary. Yeah, it's, and and uh, yeah, so it's another, and we have so much we can't even list it now because I think we're running close to running end of time. We can go through it one at a time without saying. But it's quick. We'll just speed them. round it, and okay. then we can come back and well, talk about it. What did we? What did we? Okay, so oh god, how many so, premieres do we have? So Dark June, Star this Friday. Yeah, June fifth. Uh, the horror movie Spring. Be premiering 12th. on June twelfth, uh, the documentary that I know very little about, some, some kind, kind of love. love. Um, June thirteenth. June thirteenth, uh, Cobain montage of Heck, fourteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Live from New York is June seventeenth and eighteenth. Jackie Chan's Police Story Lockdown premieres on June nineteenth. Jaws fortieth anniversary. Yeah. June twentieth. This is not a premiere. No, <laughs> this is a, a world premiere. But it Jaws. should feel like a premiere. It should. Yeah. yeah, come hang out. I Am Big Bird, The Carol Spinney Story, premieres on June 26th. Uh, Face of an Angel, starring Daniel Bruhl from Inglorious Bastards and Kate Beckinsale, June 26th. Seven Minutes, uh, a heist movie <laughs> with Chris Christopherson is in this. Yeah. Nice. Very excited. Uh, and, that's June 26th. And uh, Young Mr. Ritter, Ritter Jr. Yeah. yeah. John Ritter's... Uh, uh, Jason? Jason Ritter. Jason Ritter, yeah. Jack Tripper's son. Uh, Wormwood, Road of the Dead premieres July 3rd. That's like Mad Max. Yeah, so if you love Mad Max, come see come this see movie. Wormwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Game, starring Samuel L. Jackson uh, from the director of Rare Exports. If you love Marvel movies, come see if you love MJ. <laughs> Big Game. That's premiering on July 10th. Uh, we have the new Nicole Kidman movie. I like Nicole Kidman because she does weird movies. She does weird movies well. Too. I always appreciate her because yeah. she does like, she could just be doing like romantic comedies, but she does like weird Lars von Trier movies all the time. And, yeah. and, and weird prosthetic noses. Yeah. yeah, so that's July 17th. Strangerland. This movie, Felt, uh, is also on July 17th. This sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's another kind of art house film festival darling movie. Yeah, this is, what is this about? This is about this woman who, she hates men or what, what is it? I don't even know. It's like oh, she's, she becomes a feminist superhero or oh. she fantasizes about being a feminist superhero. I'm in. I'll watch it. <laughs> uh, and another documentary uh, about uh, the legendary punk band The Damned. I know a lot of people excited that we have this movie. The Damned, Don't You Wish That We Were Dead, premiering on August 19th and 20th. Cool. Cool. There so you I go. Think, I think we covered all our premieres. Come um, see all of our movies. Oh, Slow West. Slow West, uh, which isn't on a website yet. With uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, that is July 3rd. Yeah. The week of July 3rd. So <laughs> a lot, a God, lot so of new movies. movies. Come see all of these movies. Um, yeah, and I guess now we're going to wrap up because we have uh, Yuck Yucks is dropping by and we're going to chat about some possible events in the future. So we got to go let these guys in. Um, 
Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Find Bye. us on, on Twitter and Instagram and Say nice all that jazz. about us. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.